0: Welcome to Basic Snitches. I am Adam. I'm Tara. Today, we are discussing Chapter 38. I did it fucking again. Are you sure? It's not 37? No, 37. Oh my God. No, I'm the worst. Oh my God. Well, I look down and the way I write my sevens is like the seven I put a little dash in the middle. I'm just used to doing it. So I was like Chapter 39, but it's It's, not. It's 37. I sucked.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We were both about to get that wrong. It's called The Lost Prophecy. Prophecy, Just like
0: how we lost our minds a moment ago. Sorry. Why are you apologizing?
1: Because I totally freaked you out by being like, hey!
0: After this, we have one more chapter! Crazy.
1: We're finally crazy. We're
0: finally to the end, so... But uh, this is a doozy of chapters, so...
1: It's not any better. Yeah,
0: like all of those previous ones that we've done weren't doozies. Right as always it is time to recognize all of our patreon supporters if you would like to join this list please go to patreon.com slash basic snitches or basicsnitches.com and click on the link there to our patreon you can join us for three to ten dollars a month and receive plenty of exclusive content acknowledgments in every episodes and so much more our patrons are ashley brian Brittany, jen Layla, Marybeth, Megan, Meredith, Nisi, Nicole, and Wrath.
1: Thanks, Patreon. People, winner, loser, last chapter. Do you have a guess?
0: Well, I'm going to go with, I don't know if you had Voldemort or Fudge Lose.
1: Okay. And you know the winner is, the winner
0: is Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I had Fudge Lose. <laughs> I appreciate that. Because I
1: fucking hate him.
0: And the fact
1: that he has just up until even now, he has proof in front of him and he still instinctually like at first wants to arrest Dumbledore. Come on, dude. You suck.
0: That's okay. Hopefully he'll be dead soon. I'll read the thing that Tara wrote. It is called The Last Prophecy. Not a thing for Adam. Okay. Harry lands back in Dumbledore's office, alone with his thoughts and guilt over Sirius's death. When Dumbledore arrives, Harry is furious and starts screaming and breaking things. Dumble says a lot of things that show he has no business trying to calm a child who is distraught and traumatized, and Harry tries to leave because he just does not want to hear more this BS. Dumble locks him in, which pisses him off more, and tells Harry that it is his fault that Sirius is dead. It's exposition time, and Dumble is finally going to tell Harry something he should have told him years ago. He proceeds to read a thing he wrote... Just like I'm reading a thing you wrote about Harry's last four years at Hogwarts is not nearly as funny as anything Adam and Tara write. Yeah. And finally, he gets to the damn point. Harry is literally a pawn in a grand of and because he found some humanity and decided he might care about him as more than a game piece, he decided that Harry didn't need to know important shit for the last several years and he wants to spare his feelings. Also, Voldy is totally around to stay until Harry successfully kills him because Quentin Trelawney told him 16 years ago that neither can live while the other survives, which is ominous as fuck and definitely not a thing Harry wants to to hear after the day or year or life, which is something right. I added, he's had. Then double apologizes for not making Carrie a prefect because that's somehow important in the grand scheme of things, but that's nice of him, I guess. I actually agree, that is weird. Oh, by the way, sorry you're not a prefect. At the yeah. very, at, like, it who is cares? very weird. Oh my god. I do see kind of what you are saying in here, but this episode is going to be a little bit of a brawl because she's Team Harry and I'm Team Dumble. Now, neither of them are perfect.
1: It's not even that I'm Team Harry. I'm just not Team Dumble is really what it is.
0: Okay. I can see where he's coming from. He wants to try to protect Harry, but it is kind of two-faced because while he wants to protect Harry, he's also not protecting him by making him a pawn. So there, there's a lot there, but I do think that as he goes through this, he is admitting fault. Like, he is showing, like, I really fucking should have gone about this a different way. It's not perfect, and it's not, yeah. like, 100 at all. I appreciate that vulnerability of being like, hey, I was wrong.
1: The first strike for me against Dumbledore is when he says to Harry, I know how you feel. This is not a thing that you say to a person. And this is why I know that Dumbledore is out of his depth here. Now, the truth is, he does know how how he feels the last thing a person wants to hear when they are caught up in severe emotional reaction pain and trauma and guilt like that any of those things but all those things at once are happening to harry is i know how you feel the last thing any of us want to hear when we're feeling that way is that someone else is now saying that they know how you feel
0: it takes it away from you and puts it on them
1: it's an instinctual thing like we all do it and dumbledore does know how harry feels But if he were better at understanding people from a non-superior level, because Dumbledore is a superior person, Dumbledore is a very arrogant person who thinks that he knows best. And if he were coming at this from a space of knowing that he doesn't know best, which is something he's still learning, which is fair and understandable, I think he should have called Professor Sprout to come up and be like, Harry... You oh, know. yeah,
0: because McGonald's not
1: there. Yeah. not there, and Pom Pom is busy. You no, know, because you're going to do things wrong. And Dumbledore does yeah. this wrong, and that's
0: okay. So here's my thought there's a better way to say it. I know how you yes. feel. It's shitty to hear, no matter what. No
1: one wants to hear that.
0: The message behind it all, I think, is okay. Again, none of it is perfect. Here's the other thing Harry's pissed. We all get it. We just went through this massive thing that is. Absolutely devastating and exhausting and all of that. And, you know, Harry is blaming himself for all of this. And even, like, he starts doing some things that we all do. I mean, this is very topical for me because of what I'm going through right now. You start to think of situations that involve that person. Like, he looks out the window and he sees the Quidditch pitch. And he was like, at one point, Sirius was out there. Things like that. When you're, like, grieving the loss of a person. Mine is a little bit different because it's not a loss of a person. But whatever. He's going through a lot of these emotions. And in some cases, I feel like there are... Oriented. everyone processes things differently and especially something like this he has a tantrum that i think is way beneath
1: it. i agree
0: harry's very young too not that Dumbledore's saying i know how you feel was right harry assuming that dumbledore doesn't have some of this trauma like i automatically of course thought of ariana
1: well of course i mean and that's where dumbledore is coming from it's not even that harry is assuming dumbledore has not had that kind of trauma harry is caught up in and that's who harry has to focus on right now harry has to think about himself he can't worry about whether or not dumbledore has ever felt this way dumbledore is saying a thing to him it is not getting through because that's not what he needs to hear right now and harry doesn't actually know what he needs to hear right now He's very distraught. This is a thing that I don't know what the answer would be. What I do know is that the answer is not to be like, I know how you feel. Yeah. That is a hard thing to say. But what else is Dumbledore supposed to say? Because this is not a strength of his. And that doesn't make him a bad guy. Like it's one of those things that I'm just like, this cannot go well. There's no way for this scene to be amicable and sweet and someone crying on someone's shoulder and they're theirs and stuff like that's not gonna happen in this scene and Harry is distraught and then the first thing Dumbledore says to him is another punch in the face you'll be glad to know that your friends are gonna be fine despite things and like well yeah it's all very fraught like there's no right way to handle any of this part of it and it just makes me sad for both of them they could have connected over this but This was not the time to do it.
0: The approach has to be a little bit different. At the very least, he gives him all the right information. It's like in wrong order. For example, during all this, Harry's like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about everything. It's like, well, Harry, you wouldn't be destroying all of his possessions and having this tantrum if you didn't care. I think with everything that he's been through uh, and it was just a rough day and I, of course he's feeling the guilt there after the fact while he's describing all of this and he's kind of being open to like hey after I'm done here you have to listen to what I say because a it's far overdue and he's realizing that now truly I mean it should have happened at the end of book 3 is when he should have gotten this based on like mm-hmm. what he was talking about because I get what Dumbledore says in that this is a kid Even after book one and book two, where he has accomplished so many really brave, amazing things, he's still a kid. I think after book three, when he meets Sirius and Voldemort really wasn't there, like there's a, more of an opportunity for him to basically say, "Hey, here's the deal." With the connection that you have and everything.
1: So I agree with that. Actually, I even wonder if had he even done it in the fourth book.
0: Yes, the fourth book was I mean, even course. more of like a sudden thing that nobody saw coming. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, it's like, oh, this is way overdue. I'm right. i fucked up now. I missed my chance.
1: But instead, he does, like, literally everything Harry doesn't need. And that goes back to why I was so annoyed with him at the beginning of the book.
0: The downside to Dumbledore starts at the end of the last book. And I mean, now book six is gonna be a little bit smoother, I think.
1: Dumbledore is fantastic in the sixth yeah, book, I think.
0: I think so too. I mean, and we say it all the time is get the kid to therapy. Sure. Yeah, mostly about the guilt and stuff, but this is kind of an opportunity for that to have a little bit of kind of therapeutic moment but it's just so far overdue that there's no really great way to do it
1: my feelings about Dumbledore for this chapter I don't look at it as he's right and Harry's wrong or Harry's right and he's wrong. I look at this situation as being, this is literally the next thing that has to happen. They have to have a conversation. That's what it is. And so getting into it, it's coming out of such a horrible situation. Sirius just died. Harry was literally just possessed. Dumbledore is coming back to Hogwarts for the first time in more than half a book or whatever this truth of the fact that Dumbledore needed to tell Harry this at least a year ago, if not earlier, is now hitting him in the face, and he's got that kind of pressure on him. Mm. Harry is upset, and there's no other time to tell him. There's no go back to your dorm and we'll talk in the morning. Like, this just cannot go well. Here's
0: the Mm. other thing. I don't think it's smart for Dumbledore to let him go off to his dorm and have free reign when he's so heated. He is obviously very, very emotional right now, so he needs some of this. The order of it too is not right. Like to open up I mean, yeah, it's good to know that all your friends are fine, but...
1: Yeah, but again, it's Dumbledore just being out of his depth, not Dumbledore necessarily doing it wrong. This is the part of it where Dumbledore isn't an arrogant prick doing it wrong. It's Dumbledore doing it wrong because that's not a strength of his, which we do things all the time that we're not good at. You know, we just try to do them and we do them wrong and it is what it is. I'm frustrated that it's like a continual I have to make excuses for myself for leaving you in an abusive household and for leaving you out of the loop last year. He explains why, but again, there's Nothing else. You could have left Harry with the Dursleys and made sure that he wasn't feeling alone. You could have left Harry with the Dursleys and had someone check in with him and check in with Petunia and be like, listen, bitch, you're treating this child like shit. I don't care. More
0: so that, because when, um I want to call her Finch, but I know oh, that's not
1: right. She's Fig.
0: Fig. Oh mm-hmm. my God. I can't think of anything.
1: She's we, doing great work. Well, she's yeah, and
0: we've talked about her being planted there.
1: Perhaps. Yeah.
0: And I think there's some truth to that. We know through this series that there's a lot more behind the scenes that we don't see of and I'm sure that's the case. But the biggest thing is nobody approached them and said, you're abusing this child. Clearly, that's the big thing. Now, you could always, I'm not trying to make an excuse for this at all, but, because that's the right thing to do. We also see that the wizarding world, the way that they behave socially, is very strange.
1: They need so many therapists.
0: Like, yeah. even Their, like, communication methods are so different. So there is some of that, and I think, what it comes down to, which you don't really think about, is yes, the power that Harry has because his mom died for him. The fact that Lily's sister accepted him in is kind of like the seal on that. Fine.
1: That cool Yeah, that I'm that. like, I'm like, I get it, Dumble. And it just shows that Dumble is a very methodical stinker in that way. Like Because again, like I said in the last chapter, had he not gotten to know Harry, and had he not kind of gotten a little bit more humanity in him over the last several years since Voldemort disappeared, he wouldn't have given a shit. He's like, Harry is a piece to my puzzle. And now it's like, oh no, he's a human being. Especially right here, because Sirius died on accident in a battle that shouldn't have happened, just like Ariana.
0: Yeah, so that is the big thing, too. Yeah, so he kind of... I actually didn't even put anything about that in my notes. I mean, we get into a lot of the loose ends here. For example, them talking about Creature's whole role in this and how (laughs) the interpretation of the house elf. Get the fuck out of my house. Okay, and then he goes and talks to Narcissa. (laughs) And so he's playing like a double... (laughs) He's like the Snape on the bad side. Right. (laughs) Then when Sirius had ordered him to tell Dumbledore where they went and stuff. Creature then not abiding by the order that's his master gave him. Albus says something about how he's a really good legilimens and he kind of pulled it out. Some of that is feels weird to me because it's like, okay, what are the rules of houses so are? So,
1: I think that the way that this whole thing went was that at Christmas time, which again flashback to Harry having solid instincts. He said to creature, "Get out." And creature was like, cool and so he was able to go and interact with Narcissa and do things for her or whatever but Sirius never released him Uh that being said he can still take orders from other people He can choose whether or not to take them. And he has a lot of respect for Narcissa. My thought on this is that Sirius had obviously ordered him to tell Dumbledore where he went and all of that. Sirius gave him that order. He has to tell Dumbledore. Well, Dumbledore wants more information. So he's going to use his legitimacy abilities to pull more from Creature. Harry is not Creature's master. So Creature can say whatever the fuck he wants to him, which Dumbledore explains here.
0: After all of this, what becomes a number 12 of Place? It's Harry's. It is Harry's. That's what I thought. Yeah. And then Creature... Is Harry's. Is Harry's.
1: Mm-hmm. That
0: is very interesting. At that point, I'm like, okay, does Creature go off and because go talk to Sirius him? Because Sirius
1: is Creature's master. Like, while Sirius was in prison, my assumption is that Creature lived in that house because no one summoned him to him. And with Sirius still alive, he still belongs to Sirius, yeah. even though Sirius is in prison. Yeah, and so when Sirius comes back, he is automatically in charge of him. And of course, Harry is very emotional about Sirius, so I understand him being like, "Don't say things that are bad about Sirius," because the last thing you want to hear when someone dies is people trashing them. Yes, and and but but Dumbledore isn't really trashing Sirius. He's literally explaining. Yeah, he's just telling the story. But again timing this is an explanation that you have to understand that sirius was not good to creature and it's very interesting because harry is always good to creature creature is becomes his and harry is good to creature from the very beginning i
0: think that is the thing this is one of those instances where we see with so many characters that at the surface people tend to think are they good or are they bad they have to be on one side or they're pretending to be good but they're bad or the opposite Dumbledore isn't trashing Sirius by any means. All he's, this he's saying is, like, kind of didn't treat Creature well. I feel like Dumbledore could even say, Creature's kind of a dick. Let's be honest. Yeah. That was one of the things where, like, things have kind of settled down and stuff. And sure, it's fresh on the mind, but come on now. He's not, like, trashing anything.
1: You know how you, like, instinctually want to stick up for things and people and whatever sometimes? If you're not in a situation like that, you go, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's right. I'm not going to jump down your throat about it because I'm going to think about it and go, yeah, that's correct. Harry's not in the state of mind to think about it. If Harry were, he'd be like, yeah, sure, this is not so great, the creature. Like, Harry's not an idiot. But he's not in a place to be able to comprehend what Dumbledore is saying and why he's saying it. That's just what it is, this whole situation.
0: Yeah. So I had said that Creature is similar to Snape. There's a lot of things about Snape and Occlumency here, too, of course, as well. Occlumency and all the things that he saw in his dreams. And I even said in a previous episode, and of course, after all this, I think it's wrong, all the stuff that he is seeing is good information. But Voldemort is showing Harry what he wants him to see, number one. And number two... I feel like all the information that he's feeding to Harry, they're already aware of. Like, they're already aware of the prophecy that we know about at the very beginning when they're talking about the
1: weapon. So I'm a little confused by Voldemort showing Harry the Department of Mysteries. Because Dumbledore makes it sound like Voldemort started showing Harry the Department of Mysteries after the attack on Arthur Weasley. And Harry was having that dream before. Wasn't he? He was definitely having that dream He before.
0: was. Because we even had said that on the podcast. It's like, ah, now Voldemort knows because Arthur Weasley was saved, all of that. It's not a matter of legitimacy per se. It's partial possession, too. When you really think about it, he is controlling his brain and his thoughts. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a middle ground, I think, of possession and legitimacy. So I can sort of see how Occlumency could help. Perhaps and of course this is one of the moments where I think Harry calms down and he's able to at least like look at things and he's like yeah I really didn't study see which is good good on him for that but and then of course everything that Snape did in terms of contacting Sirius contacting members when <coughs> Harry didn't return from the forest all of that is also in here with all the Snape stuff.
1: A thing that I just realized as we're having this conversation. Harry never once throws back at Dumbledore that this was his fault, even after Dumbledore says, it was my fault. It's very interesting.
0: I think it's because no matter what Dumbledore says, Harry truly thinks it's his fault. It even says it later in the chapter, Mm -hmm. something once again, well, this is my fault, this is my fault.
1: Because as angry as he is at Dumbledore, he's still very encased in that guilt and those feelings. And also understanding that Dumbledore threw him a little bone here and he was like, it's my fault. It's just a very interesting thing. It just shows who they are. The two of them are so interesting. He's angry
0: at the situation. Mm-hmm. He feels a certain way about Dumbledore. I don't know what it is. It's not a positive thing. Neither but does he,
1: I think. I think that's what it is. He, he's just so frustrated.
0: I think that's the main thing, is he's angry at the situation. He's frustrated overall. I think that maybe he felt a little bit slighted by Dumbledore, perhaps, but I don't think it's quite to that level. Dumbledore interprets it as Harry being angry at him, for sure. Dumbledore even alludes to it, but I think it's a little bit deeper than that. The omen the other thing about Snape is that he provided fake virus serum. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'd forgotten about that and I was like, yes. And it also tracked. It's like these little tiny pieces showing us that Snape is not a bad guy. Not a traditional
0: bad guy. Not a traditional but... bad guy. I mean, he's he's still dead sometimes. Ugh, he still but...
1: sucks.
0: So there's that. And then the other big thing, we had talked about this when we were learning about, you know, Bode and all this shit. What's the deal with this Department of Mysteries that was Rookwood that works there? Which, that's interesting. That's right. He was one of the worst in that fight and stuff, mm-hmm. but he wasn't one of the ones that broke out of Azkaban. He's more like a Lucius if you think about it. Yeah. Oh, and then one other thing that I also have here, too, it's about Creature. What the fuck? He injured Buck. Beak.
1: Right. In order you to get fucker. him. Yeah.
0: In order to get him out of there. So like he was my buddy, damn it. Through what Voldemort was showing him that this is the timing. Oh yeah. So it's that was like kind of backhanded, of course. So
1: Oh yeah. Creature was like on the inside there. And that's very upsetting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Of course, the very final piece of this chapter is the prophecy.
1: Well, first it's the thing and that's kind of <laughs> See, I'm just like, Dumbledore, can you just stop talking about the last four books? Like, we got the. Recap. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so
0: funny because the main through line is like, I should have told you this before. Like, well,
1: shouldn't before. I have done this And we're like, yes, Dumbledore. Well,
0: like, at least four pages could have been cut out of this chapter alone in this fucking huge book. Because it's Dumbledore almost apologizing, apologizing, apologizing. He's very long-winded. And then finally at the end, he gives all this additional information about Trelawney that is very dramatic. She was the granddaughter of a seer, and I saw her at the hog's head. And as you know, the hog's head isn't as good as three boomsticks. She was kind of fucked up and weird. And then all of a sudden she said this, and I, then I was like, ah... Okay, and blah, blah, blah. Like, it just went on and on and on, and kind of like a rambling
1: thing. <clears throat> Part of it is to give us the information, to kind of set up the scene for when it was interrupted and that person didn't hear everything. And then the next book, you discover that that was Snape, who overheard. Do you remember that?
0: Oh no, I do not remember that. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. The incredibly emotional scene in the 6th book where Harry confronts Dumbledore about that. Okay. There are still
0: a lot of nooks and crannies in I mean,
1: you could say this with
0: every single book. They usually smooth it over, but then there's like unseen like loose ends that transfer over and that it's more apparent in this book. All the other stuff like the Horcruxes and the stuff that we start to get into in the next book. And of course, they go through the Neville thing and it's funny cuz as I was reading it, I was almost following Harry's train of thought. Well, I don't even know it's not Neville, but then it becomes very, very clear that, yes, it's definitely Harry.
1: I appreciate that the whole idea of the prophecy is it's just a prophecy. It is not 100% guaranteed. And this prophecy had two parts to it. And because... Snape didn't hear the second half of it, and he didn't share that part with Voldemort because he didn't know it. The fate of that prophecy was in Voldemort's hand. He chose Harry. The Dark Lord of Markmas is equal or whatever.
0: So that it could very well have been It Neville. could have been Neville. Yeah.
1: I love that comparison, though, where Dumbledore is like, he chose the half-blood, like himself, not the pure blood.
0: And he saw you in him.
1: Yeah. And, and now he is in you. <laughs> and we have no idea, but he is in you.
0: <laughs> Gross. Uh, That is not a dick that I would want anywhere near me. No.
1: Bellatrix is like,
0: oh yeah. Bellatrix is like, yeah, I like your corkscrew dick. I'm putting (laughs) that in my cork (laughs) vagina. It does tie up loose ends and it is that chapter for sure. I mean, there are more loose ends, of course, that are going to be tied up in the next chapter. It's a lot of ongoing apology, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot
1: of apologies happening.
0: It's weird. It's refreshing in a way and it also leaves a lot more to be desired. Here's the thing. This chapter is uncomfortable because we've talked through it. There are things that Harry does wrong here, and there are things that he reacts to completely normally for something of what he's gone through. And Dumbledore is finally realizing and coming to the realization that yes, he fucked up here, but and he even mentioned I could have made more mistakes. Like he's talking about the, like the mistake of an old man, sort of
1: thing. Yeah. So he made
0: mistakes and he's realizing it, but he's kind of going about it in a weird way. It is a very uncomfortable chapter. It's good to kind of at least get to the prophecy and realize, okay, here we are. This is what is projecting us into the next two books.
1: The end of this chapter is actually like very fraught in a different kind of way. It's the whole thing where he'll have powers that the Dark Lord knows not. And Harry's like, I can't do anything. Like he just watched this epic battle mm-hmm. and his brain is like, I can't do that. Like I can't do anything. And Dumbledore didn't even destroy him in that. And Dumbledore is the greatest wizard Harry knows. And then he yeah. says the thing that... There is a place in the Department of Mysteries. I'm going to read it.
0: Oh yes, yes! <clears throat> I can't
1: believe we didn't talk about yeah. that. Yeah, well, because that's where we are. In the because character. you're totally right. That's what the um,
0: well, we're kind of, we've kind that's of been we kind of yeah. but that room that you had said is the love room. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I love it, and this confirms it.
1: So here it is. There is a room in the Department of Mysteries, interrupted Dumbledore, that is kept locked at all times. It contains a force that is at once more wonderful and more terrible than death, than human intelligence, than forces of nature. It also, perhaps, is the most mysterious of the many subjects for study that reside there. It is the power held within that room that you possess in such quantities and which Voldemort has not at all. That power took you to save Sirius tonight. That power also saved you from possession by Voldemort because he could not bear to reside in a body so full of the force he detests. In the end, it mattered not that you could not close your mind. It was your heart that saved you.
0: That's pretty major right there.
1: This is a little off topic, but I just can't help but share this. Have you ever seen the movie Death Takes a Holiday? No. It's literally the story of death is about to take this young woman and he just can't she's not the most beautiful woman he's ever seen she's not anything but there's something about her spirit that he is fascinated by and he's like i I just can't take her he's moved so much by that that he actually inhabits the body of a recently deceased young prince and goes to stay with this girl's family on holiday and one person in the family knows he's dead and while he's staying with them there's no deaths in the world because death is busy having a little holiday wow interesting and of course they fall in love as it's ending he has to reveal himself he's like I have to go I can't be here with you and she was like no we have to be together you know you're my love and he says I really can't and of course it's revealed to her that he is death and she says that you think I don't love you anymore because I know you're death and that's not true I still love you and she has this beautiful line and it is I believed it true and now it has absolutely been proven to me that love is stronger than death and it is like the most chillingly beautiful line because at the end of course she chooses to die so that she can be with death and you're like oh
0: that's awesome
1: and I'm remembering it very vaguely I think that that's what happens at the end she may not have chosen to die but Again, it's been, like, probably 25 years since I've seen this movie. Oh, my God. But I just remember that. And this thing where Voldemort in the last chapter wants to be, like, nothing is worse than death. And then Dumbledore here in this chapter being, like, this thing that's more terrible and beautiful than death. Love and how love is not able to be defined and properly studied. And, like, it's just, it's a fascinating idea that... I think it was one of the reasons why I like these books, because it's not a romance series. Not that I don't love romances, obviously. It's not anything that you expect. It's literally about love at the end of it. It's done in these subtle ways where he's like, by the way, there was this room that was locked and that's yeah. what was in there. I don't know. It's just there's something about it that really, really resonates with me that I just can't let go of.
0: It makes a lot of sense to put it in here based on like everything that's happened. That, I think, is, like, the center of this chapter. Because when you think about, like, everything else that's just transpired, everything that he's learned, and what the prophecy means.
1: And the love that Harry has for Sirius and Sirius had for Harry. This happened, and Sirius was like, there's no fucking way I'm going to stay home. I think Sirius knew when he went to the Department of Mysteries that he went in there. He and Harry are so similar in this way. He went in there being like, I am so fucking ready to die for this child because I love him so much. And it is my job to protect him. His godfather, I'm his guardian. He's been through so much. This is about more things than us, Mm -hmm. truly. And Harry, at the same time, is like, I will literally die right now. And Voldemort's possessing him. Sirius is gone. It's Everything's for naught. The way that these characters accept death in these situations is very fascinating. Instinctually, our bodies are like, no, you fight to live. And it's not that they're not willing to fight to live. It's that they understand that that's just how it is is right now. Right. It's so fascinating. I love that Dumbledore gives that explanation and it's very beautiful explanation.
0: Yeah. Really, the only other thing left is the very end where he's like, Oh by the way, sir, you're not a prefect.
1: Right. There's the actual like Harry asking him, one of us has to kill the other. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of the point where it probably isn't resonating with him yet, but it's probably percolating in the back of his mind that this was Dumbledore's plan all along. I don't think he's thinking about it right now, but it's being planted in his brain and he's well, going to understand that later. He even
0: says things about the plan yeah. and stuff in the chapter. Yeah. So there is that. Because they say that, basically one of us has to kill the other. You know how these chapters end. In the last like two sentences, <laughs> it's like a mic drop. And this one was like... <laughs>
1: Oh, by the way, I'm so sorry you're not a prefect.
0: End of chapter. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, Harry's
1: like, I could give two fucks.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks. Thanks. So, this is my final game of the season, other than anything that we play in the finale, of course. Yes. So, for that, I'm going to go back to our Old Faithful and we're going to play Fuck Mary Kill. And this isn't a happy chapter, so this is going to be a difficult one as well. Fuck, marry, kill between that prophecy is about you, you have to live with the Dursleys, or you have to watch Sirius die.
1: I'm going to kill watching Sirius die. Okay. I mean, if Harry can do it, I can do it. I'm going to fuck the prophecy and... You're going to marry being with the Dursleys? Um, yeah. Harry dealt with it. I could, I'm going to turn Dudley into a good dude. It's fine. Somehow. Somehow that relates.
0: Okay. (laughs) Uh, So I think, so this is kind of weird, because it is something that is not really in my control. Like, if I'm in Harry's situation, I couldn't really control living with the Dursleys. And let's be honest, some of the therapy issues that he has start through his time with the Dursleys. So I'm actually going to kill living with the Dursleys. That's fair. I'm going to marry having the prophecy about me because you can't really marry seeing Sirius die. Like, it's still awful, so I'm going to fuck that. (laughs) There's no good thing here, but I'm just thinking if out of those three things, because, I mean, obviously all three of these things are things that Harry has experienced and is experiencing and everything, if I kill that one, that sets him up a little bit better for dealing with the other two.
1: I guess that's fair. Yeah.
0: So... Sophie's Choice, but there you go. The movie is not great. There's not much there. It's
1: literally just Harry sitting in there and then Dumbledore kind of explaining the prophecy, but not terribly well.
0: Yeah. So first of all, for some reason, he's in the Gryffindor common room for like two seconds. And then it goes to them meeting and
1: it's much more calm. It's really just... And Harry's hair is like really not messy at all. And it's very not okay. Why is Harry's hair always so nice in this movie?
0: (laughs) Through this entire horrible experience, he had really good... Because they heard the prophecy in the movie when it broke,
1: Yeah. it's had, really just it, confirming. Yeah, it's like, this is what the prophecy said. And Dumbledore's like, yeah. And that's it. it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the movie really simplifies it. I mean, they edit out probably more than the book should have had it edited out since Dumbledore is so long-winded. I think, again, it's one of those broader audience things. It's a lot to just see Sirius die and then this huge battle between Voldemort and Dumbledore. And then see... Harry have this massive kind of tantrum and it'd be very long-winded. It doesn't translate well to the screen, unfortunately. It
1: really doesn't.
0: There's also a lot of open ends, I think, as well, that are important to the complexity of their relationships, but kind of is what it is. I, I don't know. I feel very <sighs> indifferent about it.
1: Especially after the incredible scene that they did with the battle. To have it come back to this is kind of like... Mm.
0: points
1: give me some points okay
0: so i have some points written down i'm gonna kind of scrap it i don't think i'm gonna give any points or take any points away from harry or dumbledore and originally I was going to give some to Dumbledore and take them away from Harry, but I'm just going to cancel it out because at the end yeah. of the day, I don't like how either of them handled it, but they still like had no choice yeah. to react in this shitty way because this week has been so crazy. I always tend to read the books a couple days prior to us recording. I finished this chapter 20 minutes before Tara got here, <laughs> which is so unlike me. I don't like to do that, but Hey, that's what this week has is me. So I don't even have them in my points total, wow. so editing me, add these points in instead. Negative 30 from Creature. I'm surprised I didn't take any away from him. Oh. And I'm going to add 30
1: to Snape because Snape did some good yeah. shit. So I was thinking you would give points to Snape. I was also thinking you would give points to Phineas Nigelis.
0: You know what? I thought about that. I also kind of thought about giving points to Petunia, but uh, again, like,
1: nah, whatever.
0: Yeah. I gave her points back then for what she did and for her... Experience, we don't really need to worry about giving the dirt these or taking away points from the dirt at this yeah.
1: point. So,
0: yeah, that's it plus 30 snake, negative 30 creature. Love it! All right, guys, next time, next time is the final, final chapter, chapter, the 38. The, 38.
1: <laughs> the 38. 38,
0: that's what it's called. The 38. Chapter 38. The, the second war, war begins, and both of us actually had that memorized, unless it's on your phone right now. No, <laughs> I, like that's a hard chapter not to kind of remember. Yeah.
1: It is arguably the saddest chapter in the series up to this point, I think.
0: Wow, that's a big candle. Wait, to hold. wait
1: until you read it again. You're is gonna be like, "Oh fuck, that's a big candle." <laughs> to hold?
0: Sure, it's a big candle. <laughs> that's to hold. a big candle. Why not? To hold. Oh, I just invented an idiom. <laughs> you are an idiom. At that note, we will catch you next time in the final chapter of this exhausting book. And then we'll do
1: wrap-ups and... Um, movies and movies and things. Yep. yes. That's that. Catch you later, snitches.
0: Bye! I hope you have a candle to hold.